welcome to another episode of How You Can Do with your host, your boy, Alvy Daniel Thompson Jr., a.k.a. Mr. You Can Too. I have an extremely dope show in store for you today. I'm joined by Kimberly Shipkey. And in this conversation, we dive back into the realm of biofield tuning, understanding what the biofield is, Kimberly's journey and how she got here, and ultimately how you can use these tools to better yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. If you enjoyed this show, please, please, please share it with your family, friends, and loved ones. It would mean the world to me if you leave a five-star review and a rating of the show. I appreciate you. I honor you. And as always, you can too. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, appreciate you all tapping back in. Today, I have a very, very, very special guest in the building. I'm joined by Kimberly Shipkey. Kimberly is a biomedical engineer, inventor, entrepreneur, biofield tuner, lifelong learner, and honestly, overall, a fascinating person doing some great things in the world today. Kimberly, I appreciate you tapping in with me today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. No, it's my pleasure. And one of our mutual friends, Rebecca, was able to connect us, and I was fortunate enough to have a biofield tuning session with Rebecca, and she even came on the show, and we talked a little bit about her story about biofield tuning. And what I would love to do in this show is to really dive even deeper into you know what the biofield is. And before we even do that, I would love to get your story and how you even got into this work because it must have been such an interesting journey coming out as a biomedical engineer by trade and then starting to formulate your own systems within there to match with biofield and the biofield tuning and ultimately be at where you're at today. So I would love to hear about this journey and how you started it. Absolutely. Well, when I graduated from from college, it was in 2008. It was pretty difficult to find a job at that time because everything was kind of crashing. Um, and I just moved to Colorado Springs and started uh, working for a company that was overseeing clinical trials for big pharmaceutical companies. So I was listening to the study drug versus the placebo, how many people were die- died in the study, how many people were hospitalized, face twitching, you know, all of the things that you hear at the end of the commercials that... Um, <laughs> You know, but I was hearing the numbers of how many people had all of these things. And uh, and so it was, you know, six hours, Tuesdays and Thursdays. It was a lot to, to process. And I remember, you know, fresh out of college, like, is this really how this works? And, um, and I think I'd worked there not even three months because I hadn't worked my 90 days um, to get health insurance. But I had 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 a seizure. So I had been on birth control pills for almost 10 years and it had been depositing in my brain and eventually um, it caused me to have a seizure but you know I had gone to the hospital and they ran $10,000 worth of tests and they couldn't figure out what was wrong they said I was low in potassium but that shouldn't that's not the reason they said well it could be a brain tumor but we know you don't have insurance do you want to pay for a CAT scan and I was like nope (laughs) 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 and I signed myself out you know I still had, I just, you know, I've got student loans I got to pay. I definitely didn't want to pay for a CAT scan and an overnight in a hospital. And and they didn't have any answers for me already. It's not like they even were on a trail of what it could be. So I signed myself out and I was living in Colorado, like I said at the time, and um, I'd gone to Boulder and 
tried some alternative therapies and it worked. And so I kind of dove into studying more energy-based technologies. I had um, used a green laser and also I had taken some homeopathic drops to clean out my pineal gland. As I said before, the, the birth control pills that I had been taking had been um, kind of depositing residue in my pineal gland and it eventually you know it caused a seizure so I took some homeopathic drops to clear out this residue out of my brain and it was like 28 days later I felt like a brand new person and I was just like how did this work you know it cost $25 for these drops and it worked and I, and so I you know was trained out of audit clinics and make sure they were up to FDA standards and I was you know, I wanted to start researching into more of these energy-based treatments and especially things like acupuncture that have, you know, been around for so long, you know, I, d I couldn't understand why in these informed consents for pharmaceuticals, when there's these alternatives to being in the, in the study, they have to inform people of what is the alternative to participating in this trial. Never once did I ever see that they could try an acupuncture treatment. You know, and I was like, wait, I know that's been long, around for a really long time. <laughs> right. So, so I just, I wanted to, to study more of more energy-based uh, techniques. I went to a conference and met some incredible scientists, um, nuclear and astrophysicist Elizabeth Rauscher, who worked on the Stargate Project and remote viewing. And uh, I went and stayed a month with her, and she kind of kept passing me papers and books and you know, we had incredible conversations, and I just learned a lot about, um, you know, the multiverse. <laughs> and, uh, and Nikola Tesla, she started the Nikola Tesla Society at UC Berkeley back in the 70s, so she was a huge Nikola Tesla fan, and, um, and so I kind of just dove into it. I kept staring at this one book on her bookshelf over and over for three days. I looked at this book and I finally pulled it out and she had printed off all of Nikola Tesla's patents and had them bound and that was the book that I kept out of all of the books, you know, lining her entire house. That was the one that, that drew my, my attention. So um, it was kind of a magical mystery tour, you know, from I, I died. I mean, I had literally like, you know, no, not breathing. <laughs> no heartbeat somebody had to bring me back to life to studying this magical you know remote viewing and stargate project it was probably the, the craziest transformative year of my life but uh, from there like I said I started to study the biofield and the Beverly Rubick she was one of the kind of pioneers in this field she'd coin helped coin the term biofield she had written about medical thermal imaging or infrared imaging where you can see the heat that the body's giving off it's like the thermosphere of the planet right this would be being able to see the thermosphere of the human body so just like you know they think that this is such important information to show everybody on the news the weather you know you watch the weather patterns so you can see what's going on you know what's passing over over top of you you know thermal imaging is is a great way to see you know the weather patterns on your body and you know what areas are really hot and inflamed and what areas are really cold and not much energy is flowing through these you know some areas um, so it was pretty fascinating being able to you know see this part of the human body that you don't often get to see especially myself because I know where you know I have 
issues and being able to see them on the thermal camera and it was it was pretty mind-blowing hmm. um, so I have a quick question with that and for the people listening right now how would you paint a picture of what the biofield is and how they can really paint that picture for themselves in their mind well if you I mean I'm gonna go kind of down to the atomic level where you've got your your protons and neutrons in the middle and then you've got this electron cloud you've got an electron spinning around this nucleus this core um, well then atoms and make up molecules make up cells make up tissues make up organs and they all have fields they and they're all overlapping fields and they're information fields where they're all um, kind of within the a matrix if you will and even, I don't know if you've heard of people, when they have an amputation, if they lose a limb, that they still have, you know, they can sometimes still have phantom limb pain. Right. Where, where their field, you know, where their arm was, you know, has pain. So that information field is there. Um, and it's, you know, from the trees, from planets, you know, from, you know, when I first was looking at the maps of, or the, the map of the electromagnetic spectrum and you get up to x-rays and gamma rays you get up past that you see cosmic rays and so you see how you know the planets and where you know where Jupiter is and and Saturn and, and how their energy fields and how they're affecting the planet based on where their orbit is you know that started to make me r recognize and realize you know how much that astrology probably does play a role in why our ancestors have been studying, you know, the movement of those, you know, energetic beings, because it plays such a role. So, mm. you know, from the smallest atom to, you know, the largest planet, everything, you know, we're all each, everything having its own field, but intertwining fields and how they all, you know, kind of work together. This is the force. Mm. That you makes know, sense. Universal consciousness field that we all live in <laughs> absolutely uh, whether we realize it or not yeah it's a soup it really is a soup and especially now the more more and more um you know cell phones wi-fi 5g coming coming into the field like when they had 3g they added i think it was five frequencies with 4g they added 10 more frequencies into the air and for our bodies to kind of adapt to which we did uh but 5G, they're adding 3,000. Jeez. 3,000 new frequencies to there. It starts to become like soup. I mean, it's, it's really what, you know, even though you can't see it, they're invisible. You know, these waves are, are emanating and radiating through your own field, and our cells communicate um, with these electromagnetic fields, intercellular communication and intracellular. So within the cell and between the cells, they're all communicating on these extremely low frequency fields um, and that's how birds know how to migrate you know since they're they can detect it you know the lining of our brain has magnetite in it and then our, our pineal gland also has magnetite in it and that's how we're able to kind of magnetically detect you know electromagnetic fields and I also thought it was kind of funny, as I was saying before, like, why was my head, my eyes drawn to that book on the bookshelf? You know, like, what was that? 
you know, something kept magnetically pulling my head and my <laughs> eyes to the same book for three days until I'm much better at that, by the way. Like now if I see a book and it's calling me, I just get it. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't, don't yeah. resist it anymore. <laughs> so hesitating. And I just flip it open and I see what, you know, what page I flip to and what I read. So I've gotten much better, better at that. But I was, a you know, 25 year old at that time. And I didn't know, know as much as I do now, obviously. Absolutely. So that's amazing. So you got to this point, you got to meet with her and that really seemed to open up your eyes to like this whole new realm and to like you said, like the multiverse of just the biofield and everything that's included in it. Where did your journey start to turn from there? Well, when I was with her, I went up to the um, World Research uh, li Library. Uh, foundation library it's steve ross he he runs the the library and he's got all of these incredible ancient scrolls and he's got i don't know if you're familiar with the work of royal raymond rife where uh royal R raymond rife he would put different bacteria or viruses under a microscope and then he would filter through these different frequencies and he would find the resonant frequency of that bacteria or virus and it would start and he would f see that it starts to shake and then eventually it would shatter so oh, wow. he could find kind of the shatter frequency for you know cancer and and all kinds of different viruses bacteria and they even found a universal frequency that knocked out all of their experiments in this entire laboratory of, of mice it, it killed all of the virus so all of their research studies between the control and an infected animal <laughs> were all null because they found the right one um, and that was something you know when COVID came out or even before you know when it was H1N1 and I was traveling back and forth to India and people are like are you not afraid you know with all of this going on going out to India I was like no I know there's a frequency that can shatter it you know of course I'm not afraid. and I went to India you know and whenever you know in 2020 when all of this happened I was just like I know there's a frequency for that you know I'm sure they could probably send it to our cell phone and we could be done with it um, but sadly Royal Raymond Rife his work you know in his lab was all was, a lot of it was burned down um, so but Royal uh, sorry Steve Ross has some of his old has some of his last written work so I was able to see Royal Raymond's handwritten work um, and he told me your angels told my angels that you need this book and he gave me spectrochrometry by uh, Dinshaw Gadiali and let there be light by Darius Dinshaw um, and another book called uh, rainbow colors of light by Meher Master Moose and she's the head of the Zoroastrian community in Mumbai in India so crazy thing is you know within a year I was going to India and I started working with a biofield research lab there and eventually was able to meet Mayor Master Moose the head of the Zoroastrian community and over eight years had was able to um, present at their conference they have a yearly conference so I presented several times about medical thermal imaging as I was saying th the thermosphere and and also was able to do some biofield tuning there too, which was really uh, quite amazing being able to tune into some Zoroastrians field. It was really quite fascinating. Wow, I can only imagine what that was like. Yeah, I mean, it, 
I, I've learned so much tuning people all over the world in different types of cultures. It's really quite fascinating. But um, and and spending time with the Zoroastrians, I was able to get some of their books. The the Sudra the, it talks about the divine universal laws of light and sound, and so learning more about that. They have additional chakras that they don't discuss in the Hindu um, okay. background. So they there's that's a little bit more complex and I, it was just fascinating. I've, I'm one of those who likes to learn and I, and I learn as much as I possibly can. But, I hear that. I uh, definitely so, hear that. So yeah, with the thermal camera, when I started studying the biofield, I was studying like Qigong masters, people who could move energy and heat, you know, at will, at the, at the speed of thought. So I remember at one point being in Holland and there was a woman there who was a Qigong master and I took baseline, you know, pictures of the palms of her hands and then she said, are you ready? And I was and she just within seconds increased the temperature of her hand by one degree, which in the medical research, a one degree shift is considered significant. Oh, wow. And she was able to, to do that in no time and, you know, several people afterwards they're like I can do that I can do that too and they couldn't even shift at point oh one degrees so wow. we had other people who were like I can do that not like that not the way that she could and the other thing I found was fascinating is she was actually breastfeeding at the time so you know mm. her body was already under stress and she could still do something you know that amazing I was just you know more power to her yeah it's absolutely incredible and I, I'm curious too like what are you seeing in people when you're doing the whether it's biofield tuning or another modality like what are you seeing about their field that shows that like hey these people have a higher level of health and well-being than maybe the average western american person or what we see out there with all the disease and whatnot well oftentimes people come to me with you know that because they have something going on so usually you know if it's a uh, you know kind of inflamed if they've got pain for example that can be really hot so with the thermal imaging camera you can see a lot of heat there um, and sometimes what I've seen is when you strike the tuning fork the it's like the temperature gets hotter you can almost see it flare up and as the the tuning fork sound starts to kind of drain down a little bit the temperature kind of goes and follows the sound of the tuning fork so it's kind of interesting seeing that also when when i work in the solar plexus because the solar plexus can have can hold a lot of um anger and rage uh, which is a very hot emotion so if somebody has you know had a lifetime of really like stuffing it down and just simmering it all inside and not getting it out of their system when i start to, to kind of tune into these areas and find maybe some times in their life that m may have made them angry the tuning fork can sometimes help release some of that charge and it's just like the room will turn into like an inferno almost <laughs> depending on some and i've you know i've had some of the most softest spoken women you know look over at me and say i i think i need to rage right now and I'm like, <laughs> okay i'm like okay let's rage and i just start raging for them and so they don't feel you know so self-conscious raging on their own I'll just start yelling and screaming for them and then they join and then the, you know I can watch the temperature start to 
you know, kind of simmer down a little bit. Fascinating thing with the thermal camera, though, is I've had people do uh, distance work on me while I've had the thermal camera pointing on me. So even, I don't know if you're familiar with, you know, people doing distance healing or, or healing from a distance, but being able to have in real time kind of a recording of what them using tuning forks, you know, on me, you know, at least eight hours away and seeing the temperature shift and change in my face was pretty, pretty amazing. Oh, that's um, incredible. Yeah. So and, I'd like to do, I'd like to do a lot more of that type of research, you know, to help sh show that there, this is working, you know, it's working from a distance. It's, it's like wireless internet. Right. Right. It's I'm curious. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm curious, like, as you've been doing more research and you've been finding more evidence that this stuff is actually very, it's valid and it's reliable, what are you seeing in terms of the growth of people's consciousness around it and more and more people knowing about the biofield or becoming more curious about it? Well, I think definitely the interest is growing more and more. It's kind of starting to get exponentially more and more people are getting interested in it. I live in Mississippi and when I first started um, learning this back in 2009 there wasn't you know m much awareness about any mm. of this. I mean I definitely didn't know much. I mean I love Star Wars so I knew about the force but I didn't, know, <laughs> I didn't go you know that that far into it. But I think you know as more and more people as yoga started to you know kind of become more and more mainstream people became more and more aware of their field more and more aware of these you know the the nerve centers the nerve plexus that run along the the vagus nerve on the midline you know they're starting to be more aware of their chakras so it's made it a little bit more easier and easier for me over the years of trying to you know explain the work that i'm doing um and why we're doing it and and what it feels like you know we're able to do the thing right now and it's just been a limitation with a technology of being able to you know you're working with subtle energy being able to have technology that can go out six decimal places or nine decimal places and have those subtle little shifts being able to be detected i mean at the moment we have the super quantum interference detector detector that squid but it's um, it's a massive, you know, technology. You know, it's not like everybody can have one of these technologies in their in their research lab. It's it's mm. so you know we've we've had a little bit of limitation. And one of the things that I learned from Dr. Elizabeth Rauscher, as I, I mentioned about the electron spinning around the nucleus, she talks about how the spin of the electron, she added that to E equals MC squared. She added the spin mm -hmm. of the electron and it actually helped unify a lot of uh, equations in physics. But oh, wow. she said the oscilloscope where you normally see this wave going up and down, um, she says it's actually a spiral. So we've been limited by our 2D screens that we can mm. only see this up and down dimension. But she's saying in 3D, it's really spir it's a spiral length, not just a wavelength. And, um, and I thought that was pretty fascinating. But so we've only had 2D screens. So now that we're getting more into 3D, then maybe we're able, we might be able to, you know, map this wave movement a little bit, a little bit better that it's more of like a rip curl than just an up and down wave.
and then it's actually spiral. Wow. And what is that? What are like the the meanings of that? That instead of it being just this up and down wave, it's a spiral. Like, what's that telling us? Well, I mean, in physics, what they did was they neglect, like in a lot of the equations, they were like, oh, the mass of the electron is so small. And it's been, we're just going to negate that and we're just going to drop that off like it doesn't matter. And we're going to do the equation as if this electron's not spinning around it. Um, this is what I was told when I was going through physics too. And, um, and so, but if you think about how small the moon is compared to the planet Earth, and its spin has a very dramatic effect on our planet. You know, so if we tried to negate and pretend like the moon didn't exist, you know, so that's what they have been trying to do. That's what they were doing earlier in physics. And I think with her unified field theory back in 1971, you know, that she started talking more about bringing in this electron. You know, I think it's, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, everything plays a role. So trying to say, oh, but it's so small, of course, <laughs> of course it matters course it matters we don't care if it's small and makes the math more complicated to put torsion in there but you know I think scientists in this day and age we're we're able to do it we can we can bring in some the spin absolutely you're um, definitely smart enough mm-hmm. well and Claude Swanson he does he in his book life force the scientific space scientific basis he talks about Kazarev's work and 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 torsion and so they talk about positive torsion, where if you think about the energy that would be going into a plant to make it grow versus a plant that's dying and all of the energy that's spinning the other way and it's spinning off and it's releasing energy. So the spin, whether it's spinning one way and putting energy into a system or if the energy is spinning out of the system, then that definitely uh, this spin direction is definitely a very important thing. 100%. 100%. Yeah, it's so, it's so interesting. It's so fascinating and just how, like, in-depth, right, <laughs> and how nuanced, like, this subject is. I'm, I'm curious if, say someone's listening right now and they have never had an experience with biofuel tuning and they wanted to know, like, the benefits of how it can help them. I would love to hear some of the different ways that biofuel tuning can help an individual based off of different physical, mental, emotional, spiritual things that they might be having going on in their life. Yeah, well, the the tuning fork helps bring the body back into more uh, of a coherent expression. So it's what I like to explain it as two people, one person's trying to tune their guitar and the other person has their guitar in tune. And so what you do is one person keeps striking that into note and the other person, they keep making whatever changes they need to in their guitar until they can both, they're both in tune together. So that's similar to what I'm doing with the tuning fork. And what I can do is tuning into a person's adrenals, for example, if somebody has a lot of adrenaline and, and they can't calm down, they've got a lot of anxiety and it won't stop shaking you bring in a tuning fork into the field of the adrenals and the tuning fork broadcasts basically the sound of what your adrenals sound like and and so it can be you can almost you can hear it in the tuning fork 
and more importantly the body can hear it and the body references like oh my gosh I sound like that and it and the body does whatever changes it needs to do and then I'll strike the tuning fork again and you'll hear you can over time you'll hear it start to kind of calm down and eventually the adrenals will come down to us can come down to a stop and wow. people can feel stillness on the inside for the first time mm-hmm. where there's not all of this rattling and what that can do is you know when your adrenals are sucking that much electricity constantly all day um, then your stomach your liver your, your gallbladder your pancreas your spleen all of that and that that's in that area it's sucking all of the electricity from them mm. so then your digestion you're not digesting you know the world as well <laughs> right so when these when the adrenals can kind of calm down then um, then your digestion can tend to improve you know people say wow I can't believe you know the amount of detox that I had now that my stomach and, and the rest of my body finally had the electricity to do what they needed to do um, and you know I've worked with people who've had a lot of head injuries uh, especially athletes and football players who mm-hmm. you know kind of smash their head or soccer players who hit the soccer balls on their head you can hear it with a tuning fork you can hear the static mm. kind of charge around their head um, and so again I just holding that tuning fork there and letting the body hear how much static is there in their field um, you know, then it can tune itself, and then people can stay a lot more focused and clear, and and it's quite amazing. One time, I, I found where a guy was hit in the head with a baseball bat. <laughs> oh, geez! <laughs> and I was like, "Wow!" I mean, the screaming that came off of that tuning fork, and he looked at me like with wide eyes, and he's like, "I know exactly what that is," but um, and he he could feel his brain kind of changing, but. Um, I mean, it can it can help with a lot of things. I mean, I've helped people with shoulder pain, you know, and it was two years ago, and they've come up to me and said, Kimberly, that shoulder pain is, hasn't come back again. So wow. it's, it's a way to be able to kind of shift and work with the body on a more physics basis rather than chemistry. That's one of the things that I loved in engineering. I loved physics way more mm. than I loved chemistry. And so I think overseeing those clinical trials, which was so chemistry-based, right. um, you know, it wasn't as inspiring as when I started seeing more more physics-based ways to to work with the body and and giving the body that coherent input. Um, I think that you know we're we're not used to having coherent input. You know, I was born in '84. There've been you know AM, FM, you know waves in the air ever since I was born. You know, radar. Right. That's all been in my airspace. So being able to have something that's coherent for my body to, to kind of adjust itself, to kind of tune itself to, has, has been, you know, pretty life-changing. Absolutely. I mean, it's fascinating, and I think it's one of these things where not enough people know about it, unfortunately, and it's not something that they can just easily find wherever they're, you know, listening to things or listening to quote-unquote experts and things like that. And I thought you made a fascinating point when you talked about how, at least how I interpreted it, it's like so much of Western, we'll call it Western medicine, is more focused on the chemistry as opposed to the physics. Is that accurate? Yes, exactly. Like if you think about like a chemical reaction, for example, 
and you're focusing on you know one portion of that chemical reaction it's like you know for calcium you've got to have vitamin d you know and, and there's like and there's all these different you know points that you need to have versus do you know the frequency of that or the electrical charge of that particular chemical reaction you know th this is what more and more people are getting um familiar with now and, and studying from a more physics perspective is is sending in the frequency of those these types of things rather than you know focusing on t taking the chemical version of them which is you know more cost it, it's more expensive to sit and take a pill every day right versus like, getting to like for like for example with the adrenals like people who take anxiety meds every day versus you know being able to get tuned and and get your adrenals to a stop and then it's like wow i don't need anxiety meds because i'm nice and grounded i needed three of them to kind of like it was such a pattern for me to like like oh no i can keep going and i can keep pushing myself <laughs> um that my adrenals had started to crank up and i got another adrenal reset and it was like okay all right no calm down and then they try to crank up one more time but that by the time i finished my third adrenal reset I've been able to stay grounded and calm. It's kind of like training your body mm. is what it is. It's like you're, you're, start, you're kind of getting used to what it feels like to be coherent and, and not get phased. I mean, that's the best way for me to describe it is mm. when you're nice and solid and grounded and coherent in, in your center, in your core, um, you know, then somebody can say something to you that maybe in the past you might have gotten really triggered, you might have gotten really upset about it, but now, you know, they're saying something to you and you're do you don't even feel like the slightest bit of charge. You know, that's a really empowering thing to be able to be in an environment where maybe everybody else might be going crazy and all of their electricity is all over the place, but you're able to, you know, stay nice, centered, grounded, and calm to be able to help, you know, be of use in situations like that. No, 100%, 100%. I think that's something that is so needed now where you know at least i make up we live in a world that is it's just anyone can decide to be offended by anything at any at any given moment if they so choose and especially if they're not coherent i mean it's gonna be so easy to try to react to every little thing that comes up so to your point when you're able to tap into this and to be grounded your experience of the world is completely different and it's one that probably has a lot more peace in it yes i'm grateful i'm definitely grateful for that i mean i think with biofield tuning what most people come up to me afterwards is they say kimberly you know i still breathe the way that you taught me how to breathe and it's breathing is something you know that's your atmosphere you know we're talking about the biofield and the human atmosphere the the planet atmosphere well you're breathing, that's gonna change your atmosphere. So if there's a lot of charge in your field by taking a deep breath and sending it down to ground, then you're able to kind of keep yourself nice and grounded no matter what kind of charge is in your field. But what was initially, what was my kind of go-to was I would hold my breath, mm. you know, when something was going on in the space around me and I'd be like, what's going on? You know, and right, I would just be in this breath hold Whereas mm -hmm. now it's like through training, th you know, through this work, it's like, I'm like, I'm not going to hold all this resistance, <laughs> Absolutely you know, not. to my environment. I'm going to breathe and ground some of this charge. And so for me being an empath and, and feeling so much, 
um, learning how to use my breath and my center, my core, to stay nice and, and grounded, um, that's definitely changed the way I can move about in the world. You know, going to airports, you know, with all of these different energy fields of everybody, you know, kind of anxious about traveling or everybody's in a hurry or trying to catch their flight. There can be a mm. lot of really chaotic energy in spaces mm. like that. And before I learned how to do this type of work, it would be like I would feel everything and it was like going to the airport was so supercharged. Mm. And then once I started doing more of this work, it's, you know, the more I can feel this and these waves kind of coming in, but I can breathe and ground and send them down down to ground rather than kind of take them on so um it's i call it more of a training wheels type thing I, you know i've have people that i've tuned them for a while and then it's like they get it and and they don't you know need sessions you know every day they might need it um you know once every six months or once a year they might just want a yearly tune-up because right. you start to kind of figure it out right right it seems like through this modality really gives individuals the opportunity to be more in touch with their own energy and ha and have skills on how to properly manage themselves absolutely that's my favorite part is you know i don't i don't ever want to work on somebody forever right. you know, i want them to be able to like you know have a few get get through it and now they can do you know do a lot of the work on their own 100 what does that transition usually look like like once they're able to do some of this work on their own after they've done sessions with you well, oftentimes what I have, if somebody comes in with a particular issue that they want to work on, we do about three sessions kind of back to back just so we can keep the momentum going and keep the field aware and, uh, and centered. And then usually after those first three, then it might step out to, you know, every two weeks for, and then once a month and then once every few months and then once every six months, it's kind of, and, it, and it'll just kind of step up step out as needed uh, and it depends on the per person you know some people I've been working you know with because I had a seizure you know I that's a particular frequency that I'm familiar with like when I'm right. using a tuning fork and I bring it into a person's field because I've had that <laughs> kind of <laughs> shake I know I've, when I feel it I'm like oh yeah this is a seizure so you know there's some you know if it's a case like that sometimes you've got to spend a lot of time you know, with, with extreme cases, you got to spend a lot of time just at their feet, making sure they're grounded before you can even start in their head, you know, so there's some that, you know, takes a little bit longer, but, you know, to help somebody step out of having seizures every day, that can be a powerful, powerful thing. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. And what's typically going on in someone's energy field that is having a lot of seizures in their life? Um, it's not like there's a, a kind of a common, like it's, it's always this. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. for my example, m you know, mine was birth control pills and, and some of the guys that I've been working on obviously have never had birth control pills. Um, mm -hmm. some of them, uh, have had serious head injuries and I think sometimes what can happen is when the, if the head gets kind of knocked off kilter, like off the spine, it can press down on certain nerves and, and also like blood supply to certain parts of the brain. And I think that that can sometimes kind of create some short circuiting with the electricity when it, with, you know, major head injuries. So mm, makes sense. So that was, I kind of had a little, maybe a little bit of both of those, um, for me. And, but I can feel that with the tuning fork. So sometimes I can feel if their atlas is out of alignment and um, I just, you know, I recommend they go and 
see a chiropractor and maybe have them take a look and see if there's anything that they need to do you know so sometimes you know I can suggest a little bit of a follow-up somewhere but absolutely absolutely and I'm, I'm curious like I mean this this work has been around for uh, how long would you say like the biofilm tuning work um, I met Eileen back in 2011. She was working on her master's thesis. I helped kind of read through and edit her, her master's thesis, which um, which was quite fun. And then in 2012, I think once she graduated with her master's, she started teaching classes and started teaching other people how to do that. That's when I started taking classes was 10 years ago. Um, and it's it was she was only teaching classes in Vermont for a long time um, she started teaching in, in California a few classes and it just kind of has grown exponentially um, over the years and you know when she started to uh, want to open it up and have more teachers she had asked me to to teach and so I started teaching I think I started teacher training in 2016 and started mm -hmm. teaching officially in 2017 and uh, would tune all over the world and what was really fascinating is seeing these different patterns you know in in different places um like the throat in england and not being able to just express and and, mm. and speak you know it's just like you know they they often will apologize for expressing emotion wow <laughs> you know, that's so we, fascinating if we're in a class they'd be like i'm really sorry everybody and it's like why are you crying <laughs> you know why are you why are you apologizing right and they'd be and they don't even just say i'm sorry they say i'm terribly sorry and i'm awfully sorry and i'm like whoa um, sorry sorry could be yeah um but then in india they it was like more right shoulder you know is what i kept seeing come up over and over and right shoulder and biofield tuning can relate to um, saying yes when you mean no and putting mm. other people ahead of yourself. And what I find over and over again was this, the arranged marriage. Mm. And it was like the sound of the tuning fork would sound like nails on a chalkboard. Oh, wow. You know, where this person's having to say yes to marrying this person, but deep down they really want to say no. Wow. <laughs> I mean that that was was pretty wild, and um, I think in in Switzerland it was like there's a lot of rage, rage with Switzerland. And I think it's just because people are like so living so close to each other, you can't just let it out because all your neighbors and everything would hear everything. So people like stuff it down. I don't know, but it was it's been really uh, quite amazing seeing these different patterns that you see in different parts of the world. Yeah, it's fascinating how an individual's culture can really dictate mm. their energetic field. Absolutely. Oh, that's fascinating. I'm curious, what do you feel like is like the vision as you see for biofield work and biofield tuning, you know, into the future? Like what type of outcomes do you think it could provide for us, not just individually, but like societally as well? Well, I think as more and more people clear out some of their triggers out of their field, then the less that, you know, going out into the world, you're not going to be stirring up as much um, charge in other people. And they're not going to be phased by things that you do. So I think the more that we can all kind of breathe and stay calm and, you know, not get phased, the better. I think it would be much more calm and easy place to live in. 100%. And I think we need that 
you know, more than ever, at least in my experience. I'm uh, going to be 34 here soon, and it just seems like right now, depending on, you know, where you're looking, where you're living, where you're spending your time, it's just so easy for so many people to get caught up in all types of things. And when a person's feeling caught up and they're getting just drowned in headlines and just really getting caught up in these narratives and stories and really identifying with them, like, yeah, people are going to be on edge. People are going to be nasty to each other. People are going to be depressed and anxious and all of that all the time. So I can really see how this type of work would be so impactful and really relinquishing some of that just dark energy that, that we see today. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to help with all of that kind of charge within ourselves and how we communicate with others. I mean, it's definitely changed the way... Um, that I work towards others. I mean, the amount of compassion I've, I've developed in this work of, of hearing what people have been through, you know, when I start going through their field and they start sharing some of their experiences, I'm just like, wow, you know, you never know. You have no idea what a person has been through, mm -hmm. um, you know, and so when you s see these things, it's like, just be kind, <laughs> you know. It's, right. it's like, you, I, you don't know necessarily how to explain explain that to people until maybe they they can understand but um and i think also going to places like india where there was just so much chaos you know so much chaos there's like no order it was you know i really hope that they get a lot more more tuners over there i was really excited when i would teach a few a few um indian students who were going to be going back to india but i just i feel like there can be you know, it can bring about order in a lot of other different ways. Because once I had started to feel and clear out things in my in my in my field, I noticed mm -hmm. that I started to clean up things in my house and in my space. Mm -hmm. So you know, closets that I hadn't you know hadn't even looked in them in three years, suddenly I have the bandwidth now to be able to go into that closet and clear out you know all of this stuff and create some more space in my physical field like in my environment so it was interesting i think it's interesting too how this work when your field shifts how your environment shifts and i think mm -hmm. india you know with them knowing you know so much as what they do you know with with the chakras that you know if they get started they can they could do some pretty amazing things not a brahma all is sound they get it i feel like they they would get it they just we just need more uh, tuners there and all over the world. I mean, that's why I wanted to teach all of the international classes is because once I understood what was happening and how this worked, I wanted to help uh, create more coherent emitters around the world. Uh, right before lockdown, I was teaching my second class, third class in um, South Africa mm. and getting some tuners down there. That was like my last mish before lockdown. Um, mm. But and all over england and europe and uh and and now they, they're doing online classes so now you know people from you know anywhere can, can learn how to do this so that's it's really inspiring but um also exciting to to be part of that initial push to get it absolutely get you're, at the, you're, you're at the forefront of it absolutely in the same way that you were talking about some of your teachers earlier in the future people are going to be talking about you in a similar light how kimberly oh. came through and showed them at a at a young age, how to use some of these modalities, and boom, it just takes yeah. off. Absolutely. 
Well, what I've what 2020 did was, you know, I couldn't teach anymore. So I what I'd been doing was working with some coherent light. I've been working with green lasers and I had added this coherent light to the coherent sound, to the tuning work that I was doing. And as I said, I've been doing this for now it's 10 years. Um, I know how long it takes me to, you know, to get through a session. And when I added the laser, I could get through twice as much stuff. Mm. So the green laser is also that coherent input. So you're giving that neutral green. So it's not a hot red, orange, yellow color. And it's not a cold blue indigo violet color. It's that green, that middle of the spectrum. And what green does is it can, when it helps bring you to that center, when you're connected at your center, then you can connect to the center of all things. Mm. So whenever the tuning fork would maybe trigger a person's field, that green laser was always trying to keep bringing them back to neutral. So instead of, you know, if I might hit some trauma without the laser, it might be really intense. Um, now, once I've added the laser, the, the laser's always working that part of the field and it just, it clears so much faster. Um, but, so I wanted to make make something that other tuners could, could afford and could use during their session. So I, I came, developed the spectrochrome laser um, and that was based on the books I was given at the World Research Foundation Library um, spectrochrometry and and the use of green because green there were zero contraindications I didn't feel worried about using green light whereas red laser red light there were contraindications you know if people were if their central nervous system was already pretty shot then you would mm -hmm. never shine a green light onto their head and their brain and all of that you would never do that so green light or red light red red gotcha yeah red because red's very stimulating and so mm -hmm. if their brain's already super stimulated already and then you're adding more red light to the brain then you know it can take them over the edge and i had a friend of mine whose client was sitting in front of this red light because it's become really um you know involved in beauty because it stim it does stimulate first cell uh, division so cells will you know s separate and it's great for beauty but it could be stressing people out so my friend whose client was sitting in front of these red lights he, he was processing a lot of anger he was like I'm seeing red oh, and wow. so she let him borrow you know one of my lasers and it just helped calm him down it's like an adaptogen so if the energy is if a person's energy is really high it can bring it down if it's really low then it can help stimulate it and bring it back up to this more a more neutral expression so and how do people use it for themselves like say if they they have one or they purchase one it's like what's like the i guess best ways to operate with it but um well if you have pain you can you know just you know shine it directly on the area where you have pain um you can try it and see what happens for you know five minutes and then see if you want to go for longer like i said there's no overdosing with green so you know if you want to put shine it on there for an hour that's also fine but most people don't find that they don't need to use the laser for even that long a lot of people have told reported back that within five to ten minutes their pain is gone but obviously it depends on um on the pain um but another way that I like to use it is for emotional. So when I feel, if I feel my field kind of getting charged or electric, 
um, when if I think back to a memory or if I'm thinking even into the future and I feel myself getting <gasps> charged about something that I have to do that's coming up um, and I can feel myself getting super electric then I can use the laser and, and shine that into my field and think about what I've got to do in the future and what happens is just even thinking through it one time but even maybe two or three that when you then when you think about it in the future it's like okay well that's gonna happen and we'll see what happens when we get there and right. you can feel a lot more neutral and same thing about things in the past where if you keep thinking about this thing in the past and it still makes you angry or it still makes you really sad or you still get really anxious when you remember this thing that happened and your field gets really electric and kind of wobbly then you can use that green laser and think back to that memory and I've had to think through it like three times and you know and you know some people might be different they may need to think through it like four or five times but um, for me it was three I had a trauma that every time I closed my eyes it would just replay over and mm. over and over again and I was like get out of my head <laughs> it's one of those where it's like stop replaying um, but I used that green laser and it was and like I said I felt so neutral I, I replayed it in my head and I was like wow it just feels like it happened like that just happened and I don't feel all this Ugh and electric when I think back about it. So, um, you know, so the price for that, I mean, for me, I, that was huge. I mean, I could actually sleep. It was weeks of, you know, this same trauma replaying over and over. So I, I, w I felt that this is an important thing to be able to offer to people and to make it, like I said, affordable. There's a lot of green laser systems that are out there, but they're, you know, over a thousand dollars and not everybody wow. can afford that right mm -hmm. now. So I wanted to make something that was handheld. You can plug into the wall. You can put it in your purse. Um, you know, so people can use it whenever. And it was crazy. I was in St. Louis, and I was at a Panera Bread. <laughs> this mm. lady comes up to me, and she goes, Oh, my gosh, Kimberly, look. And she pulled my laser out of her purse, and she said, Kimberly, I go everywhere with it. Stop. This like, is something oh you never met before, huh? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I met her, but I didn't know that I was going to see her there. Ah, got you. That's and uh, she didn't know she was going to see me because I, I live in Mississippi, so I don't go. I'm definitely not up there every day, but it was <laughs> really, um, you know, really heartwarming to, to see that somebody doesn't leave home without it. <laughs> yeah, it really shows the impact that's having on them. Yes, absolutely. That's incredible. I love that. And for the people listening, if they want to find this green laser and get one for themselves, uh, where can they find it? Um, you can find it on buygreenlaser.com, B-U-Y-G-R-E-E-N-L-A-S-E-R.com. Um, I, I had bought spectrochromelaser.com before, but a friend of mine was like, nobody's ever going to know how to spell that community. <laughs> <laughs> and so they suggested buy green laser. So B-U-Y, as in buygreenlaser.com. Perfect, perfect. And for everyone's listening and that's interested in checking that out, I know I am. Make sure you go grab that. <laughs> I love that. And for and I really appreciate this conversation. I mean, it is just always fascinating for me to learn about different modalities for individuals to really take their health, life, well-being back and not to feel discouraged when maybe they've tried other things and it didn't work. And it's like, hey, here's another tool that's been helping other people give this thing a try it's so important where can everyone find you online Kimberly well I also have a website called biofield lab 
biofieldlab.com, B-I-O-F-I-E-L-D-L-A-B, Biofield Lab. Um, and that's more of my uh, biofield research, more into the thermal imaging, if that interests you. I do talk about the, the laser there as well and some other technologies that I've used to be able to measure the field. So you can find me there, biofieldlab.com. I'm also on you know, Facebook and Instagram, Kimberly Shipke. Um, I don't think there's many of us out there on the, in the world, so that last name. <laughs> For sure. That's amazing. Well, I appreciate your time. This was absolutely amazing. And if you had to leave the listeners with just one piece of advice of what you think could really just help them in any part of their life, what advice would you want to share with them? And remember to breathe. Mm. I love that. Remember to breathe and love as much as you possibly can. Mm. Mm. I tell uh, yeah. Again. Yeah, I tell as many strangers that I love them as possible. I don't care. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> you got to spread the love. Yeah, you got to spread the love. There's uh, there, there's so much out here to love. So to mm. be able to just tap into that and acknowledge it and share it with others is extremely powerful. So I appreciate you, Kimberly. Yeah, I appreciate you too. I, ap- I appreciate you letting me uh, get more of the word out. So thank you so much. No, 100%. If you're ever in the South Florida area, Please, please, please hit me up. I'd love to meet you in person. Absolutely. We'll make that happen. Amazing, amazing. Appreciate everyone tapping in. And as always, remember, you can too.